Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number 82 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about restaurant menus. Restaurant menus. Give me mine and let's eat. (laughs) We're going to be hungry after this episode. Yeah, I was hungry when I turned on the microphone. So, yeah, (laughs) probably so. If anyone hears my stomach growling, you'll know why. Um, Restaurant menus, like so many things we talk about, are are just just fascinating when you really dive into the topic. I, I've been seeing them for decades in various locations and sales venues, and I just never thought much about them. I mean, some of, the, some of them were interesting for the artwork, and others were interesting for a particular place and time that they represented, or but I couldn't see much point in collecting them. Yeah. But these days, I mean, in recent years, I've become a diehard advocate of flipping ephemera and menus are really high on my list. When Mm -hmm. I find them, I get them because so many people do collect them. Well, let me start with a little trivia. Did you know that there are major collections of menus in universities all across America, as well as major libraries? No. They are apparently uh, key historical research documents. Wow. By, by looking at a large collection of, of menus, they can learn about population shifts and environmental changes, technological developments, uh, cultural transformations. You can get a lot of information off of a menu. For example, do you recall at what point restaurants started putting nutritional information on menus? Gosh, was it in the 70s? Yeah, it was probably sometime in their 70s, 80s. But before that, yeah, I mean, that's something that you just never saw. You never saw it on on food packaging, either that that came as all part of uh, of one thing. But in the early seventies, when I met my wife, she was a vegetarian. So of course, you know, I became a vegetarian too, vegetarian, not vegan. But at that time, when we met, there were no salad bars in restaurants. Yeah. You couldn't go in and order the salad bar. Or the uh, sometimes restaurants would have buffets, but never salad bars. Yeah. And as vegetarians, it made it really challenging because we'd have to go in and, and order a bunch of side dishes. Yeah. Uh, and, and we did that until one day we were walking down the boardwalk in the summer in Ocean City, Maryland, and got a whiff of those hamburgers and just <laughs> fell right off the wagon and never, and never went back. <laughs> Menus can tell you so much more than just what people were eating at the time. That's fascinating. And, you know, that really makes sense because if you think about it, Looking the future, looking back during the pandemic, the menus they they did away with them. Many restaurants still do not have menus. When you sit down at the table, you hold your phone up over a QR code, and then up pops the menu. 
And that's going to become increasingly the case. So menus are going to become extinct. printed menus. Yeah, they're going to become extinct. So tell, tell me about uh, you and eBay and your experience with uh, flipping. You go to a lot of uh, shows and run into a lot of items. What's your experience with menus and finding and flipping menus? I, I do look for them. If I do pay attention when I spot them, and I will buy them if, you know, they're reasonable, or I'll research it. If they're high price, I'll research it before I buy it. Mm -hmm. But I usually will not even look them up. I'll just buy them because they're fun. They're, you know, they're not hard to sell. They, if they're lightweight, they can be rolled up into a tube, you know, with Mm -hmm. plastic Mm -hmm. and they're easy to ship. My favorite paper show for items like that, postcards, menus, posters, any kind of paper memorabilia, is called Paper Mania, and that is held in Hartford, Connecticut. You can Google it to see when their their upcoming shows are, but I think they have two a year, and worth point one year, we went to one, and I just fell in love with the whole setup of Paper Mania. They had every type of paper you can imagine, and menus were on on the menu on the menu <laughs> <laughs> so I did find some menus there, and um they the ones that I picked up were from a cruise ship, not the Titanic. It was like Mary something or um I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I did sell them. And they mm-hmm. did sell pretty fast. Hmm. But the other thing that is interesting with menus is I could remember as a kid going into a restaurant and the menu would be on the placemat. Right. So the placemat would become your menu. And mm-hmm. I can remember um, when I started early on on eBay going to you know, like a seaside kind of restaurant and the menu was on the placement, I I just asked them if I could have an extra one because I didn't want to get it dirty and I knew right. it was going to be valuable. Ah, uh, Dana, the perennial picker. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to make sure if you, if you go to a restaurant and you're like, oh my goodness, they have menus on the placemats, ask for an extra one so that you can protect it and not worry about spills on your place. Right. You mentioned uh, cruise ships. One of the ways that collectors collect menus is they do by by category. And travel is one of the categories. So uh, when I was growing up, my grandmother, paternal grandmother, worked for B&O Railroad. So she had dining car menus and... Mm -hmm and silverware and plates and all this kind of stuff that kind of miraculously made it from from uh, <laughs> Union Station to her apartment. <laughs> but I used to think it was fun to sit around and, you know, look yeah. at what all the people were ordering and eating. And you can't, I mean, maybe there are, in fact, I know there are, there are trains these days mm-hmm. that have dining cars and dining service, but not very many. Mm-hmm. Most of them you get you know, cold sandwiches, like uh, prepackaged cold sandwiches, like you might get out of a, mm-hmm. a convenience store. So menus from 
the days of railroad dining cars are collectible or uh, airplane mm. menus oh, when sure. they used to have other categories like uh, diners. I'm, I love diners to this day. I, I love to watch a good short order cook in a diner. I'll almost always sit at the counter just so I can watch those guys work. Because a good one, I, I also like watching bricklayers work. Oh. You know, someone that's just a master of their trade and moves well and gets a rhythm going. I love that kind of thing. So I love diners. If I run into a diner, I'd much rather eat at a diner than McDonald's or, or something like that. Waffle House. I love me some <laughs> Waffle House. Oh, yeah. Now, their, their menus are laminated. Lots of menus are. Yeah. Places like Big Boy, for example, if they're still around. I don't know. I don't think that they're still around. I see Shoney's and a few other places. Pictures on menus started in the 50s at Big Boy. Wow. They would start putting pictures of, of the plates of food. And that was the first time that was ever done. Now it's everywhere. You go into any of those similar family style off the highway restaurants and they're almost always going to have a laminated menu with pictures in it but the food changes all the time and one of the points of study that researchers do is trends oh right something like seafood for example in a town that has a bunch of seafood restaurants they can get those menus and just look at the increase in prices of particular kinds of seafood to know how well the the fish supply is. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do with that data once you have the menu and break it up into to parts and analyze it. Okay, Dana, this is a good spot to take a break for a word from our sponsor. So let's real quick go see what's on the menu and have a bite to eat. And then we'll be back and pick up where we left off. Hey, eBay sellers. It pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket wherever you go. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to WorthPoint.com. Okay, we're back and mm, 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 was it good. It didn't even take me very long to choose what I wanted to eat. Normally, I sit there and look at that menu for a good 10 <laughs> minutes before I make up my mind. So we're back and let's pick up where we left off. I know also um, a lot of the bed and breakfast places will use them as wallpaper or they'll frame them as decor. I remember in the early days... I had quite a few menus, and they were from miscellaneous Chicago restaurants. And I remember the person that purchased those was an Airbnb. Well, I think it was bed and breakfast then. It wasn't, <laughs> they weren't, Airbnbs weren't as big, but it was a bread and breakfast place. And did I say bread? <laughs> you did. It was bread for breakfast. Yes, it was. Boy, bread and water. <laughs> I'll bet that was a, a, an economy-priced place. No beds. Okay. No beds. Right, no beds. No beds. <laughs> bed and okay. breakfast. You, you were in a bed and breakfast. Thank you. And mm -hmm. they purchased they purchased it from me, and then 
they told me that they were framing them and using them in their dining area for um, wall decor. Mm-hmm. thought that was pretty cool. And you mentioned that these were restaurants in Chicago. That's another category under which uh, collectors collect. Sure. Uh, they'll do it by cities. If uh, Restaurants turn over all the time. Yeah. That, that's probably one of the biggest turnover businesses in America. Restaurants are here today, gone tomorrow, for the most part. So there are lots of great restaurants that just didn't make it. I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I would love to have some of those uh, menus from some of those uh, old Capitol Hill restaurants that aren't around anymore, mm-hmm. or menus from New Orleans, mm-hmm. or Chicago, L.A. In fact, there's a there's a big menu collection in L.A. the The rare books room at the Los Angeles Public Library has a good collection of menus. More than nine thousand menus that date from 1875 to now, and they can trace the city's growth by looking at the menus and they tied together the eating habits and the infrastructure. For example, in the mid-60s, you started to see Thai restaurants and Vietnamese and Cambodian. Restaurants became regionalized. Like, you no longer just went to a Chinese restaurant. You could go to a Mandarin restaurant or a Cantonese restaurant or a Sichuan restaurant. So you can trace all of those things just by looking at the menus. And Collectors collect based on those categories, and my, I've always contended that if you want to flip things efficiently and properly, you need to understand what collectors are collecting. So when you're out and you see menus, you'll find that in general, people collect in two broad categories. One is they collect for the art, because some of the artwork goes back to sure. Art Nouveau and Art Deco and mm-hmm. and modern, depending on the theme of the restaurant, you get lots of different artistic styles and uh, fonts and print layouts. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just graphically beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you can collect on that basis. Another basis is the historical part. People will collect according to uh, location or time period or if the Menu has been signed. Right. Transportation, trains, airplanes, ships, all of those things are, are have collectible menus. And but it's not just the big food menus. You can also collect wine and beer lists or sure. drink menus. Um, well, speaking of drinks, the tiki clubs, the tiki bars, their menus actually are the highest price. Yes, talked about that when we, when we were discussing. Tiki mugs and when they became popular, that was huge. Uh, Polynesian restaurants and tiki themed menus have popular for a long time. So travel is big, cities are big, uh, historical items are big, the artwork is big, and even nondescript, run of the mill lists of food, like your placemats that you mentioned, are still collectible. And uh, anything someone collects, they will certainly buy if it's in good condition. Sure. And if you want to learn more, just go to eBay and or 
Worth Point and type in menu restaurant menu, just those two words, no S's, and educated, you'll become educated on what's what's out there, what's available, and also when you look at sold listings, it's so interesting. I see well rest tiki menu for a Polynesian menu from Hawaii sold for two hundred and ninety-five dollars. Really? When? In June. 2022. So two months ago. Yes. On eBay. Yes, on eBay. And speaking of which, um, I'd like to say today, I know whatever day you're listening to this, but August 17th, mark your calendar, August 17th, this is a, a day that you could put on your calendar every year, is International Thrift Store Day. And I can't wait to go hit the thrift store. And just for fun, I'm going to go look for menus. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Do you think you'll find some I don't menus know. in thrift stores? I don't know. Um, you know, it's the kind of thing that you could probably find in a box that they haven't sorted through yet uh, that's under the cupboard. Yeah. Ephemera, I generally find one of two ways. I either find it pre-collected where someone has it cataloged and put in the notebooks and mm-hmm. where you can flip through it. But generally, when you find it, it's it's just a box of papers that right. they're not going to sell for very much. Papers and old photos. And that's the real treasure. Yes. That's the stuff I love to go through. I do, too. Because you never know what you're going to find. And whatever you do, you can offer them $3, $5 for the box. Most of them are glad to let you take right. it. Nobody else is going to be interested. I love it when I go into an estate sale and it's in a home. And you're going through the home and, you know, going through each room. And then you come to a room that has a pile of papers. I just love that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you start kind of fingering through it. And then you notice valuable menu. There's menus. There's postcards. There's, you know, all types of things that you know you can flip. And that's when you just grab the pile. (laughs) Right. And then go to the front desk and say, I don't have time to go through all these. What do you want for all of them? Right. And then go home and have fun picking through it. <laughs> well, WorthPoint CEO Will Seiple once gave me some really good advice about dealing in, in ephemera. He said that the approach you want to take is to buy in bulk, sell one at a time. Yeah. So you can buy these things in bulk. They don't take very much room to store. They're easy to ship. As you mentioned, you can roll them up and put them in a tube or... Put them in an envelope with cardboard backing. There are lots of ways you can ship them, but they're invariably light. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it doesn't cost a lot to ship. So you've got low acquisition costs, low shipping costs, low storage costs. Takes you the same amount of time to list it and photograph it and, and, and so on. But in general, your basic costs are pretty low. So I'm all in for, for menus and similar items. Sure. And they're also perfect for the traveler. That like the RV seller, the person mm-hmm. that travels, and because they're easy to store, you know, you right. can have a box in your van or your RV right. and right. go on the road and easily do your shipping when you have sales. That's right. So do you have a collection of menus laying around your house? With my dust? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no menus. I have some in the kitchen drawer, but mostly they're local takeout menus. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. My previous house, we had a drawer that was with local menus. And whenever you go to an Airbnb, 
they usually have a drawer full of menus for from the local restaurant. You're right. They do. Gosh, you have to keep an eye on those now. <laughs> <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> so to our listeners, your advice for menus is flip it or skip it. Definitely flip it. They're inexpensive enough that you'd be almost foolish to pass it up. Yeah. Of course, it does take time to list them. And that's, at some point, you're going to have to research it to find out what it's worth and put a price on it. But you can do that when you get home. Make the decision as to whether you're going to list it once you sit and go through them and find yeah. out what the value is. Make sure it's worth your time. Of course. Of course. You have to research it. And I also want to suggest that when you're doing your listing and in the description box... If there's anything interesting on the menu, to be sure to type it in. I generally like my descriptions short, sweet, to the point, not too much information, unless it's historical or important to the item, which a menu could be if they had given a drink or a meal an interesting name that's, right. that's eye-catching, is unique. So you may want to include some of the items from the menu or categories from the menu. Also look at the children's section because sometimes they give the children's items unique names that are kind mm -hmm. of fun. So keep that in mind because people that collect items with those unique words have their settings set up to search title and description, not just right. title. Great advice. Well, Dana, the, the big boy clock on my wall says it's time to go. So we're going to do that, and let's wrap this up. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. I'm going to go in and take a peek at my drawer full of menus. Yes. And see what... Uh, do some research. Yeah, that's right. See what grabs my uh, attention. Okay, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. WorthPoint.